Welcome to another inspirational episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. We are in the production office specifically of the award-winning series Flash. I'm responsible for making uh, the creative vision come true for a price that the studio Warners is willing to pay for. Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? First of all, you need to be skilled. Whatever skills you have, you have to have a willingness to improve them. And you also have to have the enthusiasm to want to do the job you're given. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Hey, it's Marvin Polis here, and of course I have my good friend and co-host Fred Keating. Where are we today, Fred? Well, I'll tell you where we are. We're on the lot of the Vancouver Film Studios, but we are in the production office specifically of the award-winning series Flash. Awesome. Uh, it is. This and is we, a privilege. This is a great privilege. And in fact, we are in the presence of J.P. Finn, the producer of said series, The Flash, as well as Arrow, as well as in the Reaper, as well as all the way back to the X-Files. If uh, For those of you who don't remember it, there'll be a new version coming out soon. So, uh, uh, JP, thanks very much for taking the time Thank to be so with much. us today. Well, it's a pleasure having you both here today. What are we looking at here? We're looking at a silver statue of Jake Garrick, which is the Flash. Earlier on in the comic book lore of DC Comics, Jake Garrick was one of the original flashes and now we have Barry Allen who is the flash as we know it. Splendid. So we're going to walk around, right? Yeah, and we're going to go on a little tour. We're going to take you on a tour across to, uh, let's go to um, stage D1 and we'll give you a tour of some of the sets. We have three stages here at Vancouver Film Studios for the flash. Right. And of course previous to the flash I uh, produced uh, Arrow, and Arrow is just across the way there. Arrow begot The Flash, which begot Legends of Tomorrow. Now, JP, you mentioned that you're the producer for the benefit of our, our listeners who don't necessarily understand all of the duties of a producer. Tell us what your job uh, entails. Often, uh, let's go into the police uh, precinct here. Okay, good. Yeah, cool. I can hear the building in the background there. Yeah. Oh, look at this set. Oh, my. Back to your question, my job is to produce the show on behalf of the studio, which is Warner's Television, and for Greg Berlanti, who is the creator of the show, as well as Andrew Kreisberg. They are the creators of the show and executive producers. They are the creative people, and uh, Warner's Television are the financial supporters. Right. I'm in the middle. <laughs> I'm responsible for making uh, the creative vision come true for a price that uh, the studio Warners is willing to pay for. The idea is to make both parties happy. And so my credit says produced by right. J.P. Finn, which means I am given the creative challenges known as the script. I'm competing with the construction team in the yeah. back right now. <laughs> my job is to each episode get it to a final. You need to execute. That's right. Okay. You were in almost at the very beginning of the X-Files. What happened prior to that 
that made you available for that opportunity and equipped for that opportunity that then led on to a, a host of others leading up to uh, the Flash and, and Arrow. Let's just talk about where we are first and then I'll answer that question if you don't mind. Yeah. We're in the police precinct of Central City where a lot of uh, Joe West and uh, Barry Allen, they all do their investigating and searching of metahumans and whatnot. We're gonna go over to uh, Star Labs now. Okay. But back to um, the beginning of the X-Files. I didn't work on the pilot, but I worked on the other, all the other episodes made here in Vancouver, of which I think there were 116. Prior to that, I had been uh, working on various shows. I, I had worked on a little series called Nightmare Cafe for Wes Craven. So I had a little bit of a background in, uh, in that science fiction world prior to that. And then I had also been away working on a feature film in Toronto called the air up there and so I was back in town so along came this um, this show called the X-Files and uh, Bob Goodwin who was the executive producer called me and interviewed me so I came home and told my wife Tricia that well there's this science fiction thing it seems like an interesting project it's about two FBI agents that run around looking for paranormal activity I said I don't know at least it'll go to Christmas I think <laughs> Five years later, and three Golden Globes, and four Emmy nominations, and uh, I mean, cinematography won an Emmy, uh, the art direction won an Emmy, I believe directing won an Emmy. They did it with a lot of drama and not so much the kind of uh, visual effects or special effects we see these days. No, we didn't have all those resources or knowledge back when we did the X-Files, because I mean, you know, the X-Files is over 20 years ago we started it here in Vancouver. You know, uh, the world of visual effects has moved beyond. And Fred, is that how the two of you met? Because you were in an episode of X-Files, right? I was, but I knew JP years earlier. You were an assistant director when I, I was. first met you, I That's believe. That's right. I was an assistant director. I was catering, as I believe, bringing coffee to the cast <laughs> and crew. I don't remember that. I, th I think maybe you were eating their, <laughs> the, their, Let's their stuff. Right? Yeah, where are we now, uh, actually? Into, uh, we're heading towards Star Labs, where Barry and... Uh, a lot of his colleagues do the science that helps them track down the metahumans that have escaped from all parts of Earth 2 and other unearthly wow, is this a destinations. Cool... De describe to us what we're seeing here. What we're seeing is uh, Star Labs in which we have the console in front of us and all of the technical necessities that our scientists, Caitlin Snow and Dr. Wells and Cisco, used to help Barry track down the metahumans. And of course, over here, we're walking over, ladies and gentlemen, to the flash suit, oh, which Lord. sits in its, its little pod, <laughs> waiting for Barry to zip into it and zip away to save the day. Fantastic. And JP, as uh... As producer of the show, how much of what we're seeing here is actually subject to your approval? Well, everything is technically from a financial point of view. Creatively, I work with Greg Berlanti and Andrew Kreisberg. We have an incredible designer by the name of Tyler Heron who has designed all of this. Certainly Greg Berlanti has a very hands-on, as does Andrew Kreisberg. So it's Tyler's job and my job to present it to them and then uh, it's my job to figure out how to pay for it. <laughs> so it's quite collaborative. It's, it's totally. really a team sport. Totally, but, but, but we must remember that with every TV show, there is a, a creator of the show and, and 
an executive producer who's in charge of presenting the, the creative the, process. And the vision as such. And the vision as such. I can see the, I can see the famous treadmill through the cracks in the door oh, there. Where, uh, Going over to the treadmill. Barry runs. This is where he trains. And gets measured for his personal best. That's right. Look at that. Wow. That actually runs. So we're looking at a treadmill, as if you've ever watched the show, is about... Um, I know the fans will have seen Five it. feet wide. Yes. So somebody had to invent this. Somebody had to build this. The uh, special effects people on the show, uh, Mike Walls, he built this. He's a great special effects artist. So we have like a fantastic crew. Yes. We have a great design team. We have a great production team and all the other departments, the lighting, the grips, the cinematography. It's not just me by any means. It's, it's all of these talented people who come together every day and take the written word and make it into something, including our incredible cast, make it into something that is truly watchable and enjoyable and so far successful. Each, each with their own specific skill set that's and right. yet they have to collaborate in order to create the final product. One of the uh, uh, recurring themes in this series actually is wanting to tell people who are at an entry level or mid-level in their careers and want to take uh, uh, the next step up or those who are debating whether or not they could even make a living in the entertainment industry is that pretty well whatever you love to do now there's probably a place for you in this entertainment firmament. Uh, you shared with me the call sheet, the sort of daily newsletter for the production, which lists where everybody's supposed to be and how to get in touch with them and where the closest hospital is and what you hope to achieve each hour of the day. But on the back side of that call sheet, there's some 25 different departments from makeup to hair to cinematography, as you mentioned, to, to greenskeepers. Yeah, I would say on any given shoot day, we probably have 125 to 130 people working directly on the crew, and all of those people are listed on the call sheet, as you just described. And just to elaborate a little bit, the call sheet is a list of the scenes we're going to shoot for that day, the list of actors that are required, the location, whether it be at the studio or whether it be on location. All of the various departments on the back of the call sheet are listed, the names and stuff that they are required to provide and do that day. Special needs for the day, stunts. Special needs, fire, stunts, yeah. props special effects, visual effects, anything at all required of an unusual or a specific nature in the script, they are all listed, those points, and the people responsible and the department responsible for each one of those items. So it's, a, it's almost daily marching orders for a medium-sized company. It is. It's a, it's a very detailed to-do list for that day, for everyone, for every department and everyone required. And no now, two days are alike, I would imagine. And no, they're not. So this is very detailed. Unless we have to, we've made a mistake and have to redo it. <laughs> now, besides all those people, there are the support team. There's all the set decorators. There's all of the other prep people that are working on the next episode that's coming along. So while you have those 125, 135 people working on that day's call sheet, on that day's production, there's probably another 100 people, at least, preparing organizing, planning, looking for the locations, designing the costumes, designing the sets, acquiring any new props, and all of those elements that are required for the episode 
that starts right after the one that was described on that call sheet. So that may involve carpentry as well and painting totally. those sets that you have to build as opposed to simply finding yep, they existing They will be building locations. all the new sets for the next episode and all of those requirements. So Fred, to your point, I mean, you know, you, you've talked a lot about how no matter what your interest is, there can be a role for you in the entertainment business. Everything from carpenters to accountants to Absolutely. greenskeepers as we've talked about. This Absolutely. is incredibly diverse. Indoor, outdoor, heart, head, the whole nine yards uh, that we haven't talked about payroll or accounting to keep the machine running. I remember visiting you years ago on the set of X-Files in your office and I think I said something like, what are you, so what are you working on today, Joe? And, and you said, well, we, today I'm working on four different episodes. And I went, what do, you, what do you mean four different episodes? And you said, Wait, well, you got the one we're working on this week that we have to finish. We've got a couple of retakes from uh, the previous week's episode that hasn't gone to air yet, so we've got a crew out shooting some of those things that we need. We've got a, the new director for next week going out on a location scout, so I'll be with them uh, to nail down where we're going to shoot for the next episode. And I, for the life of me, I can't remember the fourth one, but I'm thinking... You were sitting there juggling four separate episodes in the same single workday. Yeah, that happens a lot actually in television. Television is a wonderful medium, but it requires a lot of attention. In addition to an individual's specific skill set in art or carpentry or accounting or acting or writing, what are the non-acquired skills but the personality traits, the temperament required to work in a machine that moves as fast as episodic television moves. What do you look for in employees and colleagues? First of all, you need to be skilled. And whatever skills you have, you have to have a willingness to improve them. And you also have to have the enthusiasm to want to do the job you're given. And you have to be able to work with other people. That is probably your ability to work with other people to pitch in, to be creative, no matter what you're doing, in supporting your colleagues, in bringing good ideas that may or may not work, but at least you're part of the team that's trying to solve the problem. It's not about you, it's about the team. It's about the team, it's, it's, it's the most... It's a team sport. It's, it's totally, it's, you couldn't have said it better. It is a team sport at every level. Now, Joe, as a producer, I suspect that you need to have intimate knowledge of at least some of these craft areas. So in your background, did you do some of these, these jobs and has it helped you in, in your current career? Well, as I say to people, I'm a 30-year overnight success. You know, in the beginning, I went to uh, Queen's University, studied theater there, took a few economic courses. So, I mean, that kind of was some background, I suppose. You know what a spreadsheet is? Yes. Okay, good. But... More importantly, um, I did pursue acting a little bit, but soon realized I was not a very good actor. So I was astute early in the game and recognizing my strengths and my weaknesses. So I then went to the Banff School of Fine Arts and took an arts administration course. At the end of that course, there was a, a film in town and I went down and got a job as a production assistant. And so that was the beginning of my experience in, in making film. So uh, you also meet a lot of people along the way and colleagues and they recognize if you're good at teamwork. And so I gained a lot of experience over the years and eventually got into being an assistant director 
From being an assistant, and an assistant director, I became a production manager. Production managing led to producing, and so here I still am. So you really need to learn from the ground up. You can go to various areas of training and acquire that training and then join a company and the company will train you as well and, and you'll learn as you go and you become you know a, a good artist. So every job really sounds like yet another interview or audition to demonstrate your worth to the team or the project at hand. Tell me what does a production assistant do? Well, I, I have an exceptional production assistant, my assistant Ryan. He, uh, he helps me get my job done. And as, as you described, there's many different things to be looking after. There's the script that's just arrived today and we're going to prep that over the next seven days. There's the episode that's shooting today on day two. And so uh, as I manage each and every part of all that, he is integral in helping me do that job. And that's the kind of stuff you were doing when you were a PA? I was doing some of that. Usually you're a production assistant to either help locations or uh, production, or in Ryan's case, he's helping the producer. Some of the production assistants help the writers. So, and then each department also has their assistants. It's somewhat of a training ground, but it's also uh, integral in having each department reach the success they wish to. We wish we had all day with you, JP. Huh, so. There's a ton of stuff that, yeah. that can still be squeezed out of this gentleman, and uh, I need another fin fix. JP, uh, would you mind terribly reappearing on uh, monetizing your creativity so that we can uh, get a few more tips, perhaps for the next generation, of the kinds of things that you did while you were a PA or an AD that demonstrated to people your ability to either learn or build the team by adding value to the project. I'd love to. You're welcome back anytime you want to come. Thank you, JP. We'll take you up on that. All right. Splendid. Thanks for joining us and thank you for hosting us today. Well, it was a pleasure to have you both here. Can I get off this treadmill now? You can. You can have a little go for it. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity.